today as we come together for our first uh, Sunday of 2021 where we can come and hear the word of God. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2. And we'll be at verse number one. Let us pray. Father God, you are amazing. Thank you so much for your word. Bless it today, Lord God. Let technology work correctly that we may bring the gospel and bring the word of God to people's hearts and to their hearing. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. It says, therefore, in verse 1, it says, therefore, I exhort first of all, that supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that you may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is the good, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of of the truth. On this morning, as we dive into our first Sunday of 2021, every year at Clinton Baptist Church, we give a theme for the year. And last year, our theme was growing in our prayer life. And this year, our theme for this year will be growing people to reach the lost. Growing people to reach the lost. So throughout the year, we are going to be growing to reach the lost, those who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But for this morning, I want to preach to you from the topic here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, reaching the lost, reaching the lost. Before I get started in this message, I owe you an apology. And I owe you an apology, not on behalf of myself only, before, but before us as leaders and preachers and pastors. Because we have commanded people, we have petitioned people, and we have pushed people to go out, believers, to go out to the world and be witnesses. But what I have learned about that is that as we have commanded people, as we have uh, pushed people, as we have encouraged people to go out and share the gospel, what you should do, we never educated you in how to share the gospel. I, I got a testimony. I was talking to uh, a young lady the other day, and um, one of her neighbors walked up, and her neighbor asked for some jumper cables. And, and um, she was telling me that that's a new neighbor in her, her community. And I said, well, you should go and share the gospel with them. And um, she was like, I, I don't know him. I, I, this is my first time really seeing him face to face. And I, and I responded, what, what, okay, what does that mean? Um, because you don't know him, you still can share the gospel. But when I drove away, I kind of felt bad. And I felt bad because I petitioned and I, and I, and I uh, appealed to her, Sister Watts. I appealed to her, Charlene. I appealed to her, Lawanda and Shorty, to go out and share the gospel. But I didn't remember that I'd never uh, taught her how to share the gospel. That we as pastors, we tell people to go out and share the gospel, but we never really grow people to go out and share the gospel. 
So today, I want to uh, uh, look at that. I want, I want to look at that as we growing people to reach the lost. And here in this text, in, in this text in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, we're going to look at some steps that, that Paul gives us to, to reach the lost, Sister Bray Boy, to, that Paul give us some steps, Aiden and Joyce and Gretchen, to, to reach the lost. Because, because the, the Bible commands us to go out and share the gospel. The Bible, the Bible commands us to go out and, and make disciples. In, in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Jesus Christ commands us to, to go out and make disciples. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus Christ commands us to be a witness uh, to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and all the, in all the world and to the innermost uh, ends of the world. He, he commanded us to, to go out and share the gospel, and, and, and we preach from a pulpit that you got to go out and share the gospel, but what we don't do is show you how to share the gospel. Don't prepare you in how to share the gospel. So throughout this month, we're going to be looking at ways that we can share the gospel, that we can reach the lost, that we can reach those who don't know Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. And here, Paul gives us some steps to help us reach the lost. The first thing he tells us here, if we're going to reach the loss and reaching the loss, if we're going to reach the loss, it must start with prayer. Look what he says. He says in verse uh, uh, 1, and, and we're in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, he says, Therefore, I exalt you first of all that supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead, I mean, that are in authority. He says that if we're going to start, if we're going to reach the lost, we must pray for the lost. He says if we're going to reach the lost, we, we got to offer up prayer for them. Paul said, therefore, this word therefore is now he changing directions. He first was talking about how we combat um, um, false doctrine, and now he go to the lost. He says that if we're going to reach the lost, we got to pray for the lost. My, my question to you, are you praying for the lost? My, my, my question to you, have, have you been praying for the lost? Are, are, are you, you praying that they will hear the, 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 um, hear the word of God and respond to the, the knock that God is knocking on their heart? Uh, uh, are, are you praying that, that, they, that the Holy Spirit will reveal himself to them, that they will surrender to him as his Lord and Savior? Uh, uh, are you praying for the lost? Are, are you petitioning God? Are you going before God and, and praying to God on behalf of those who don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are, are you spending time in prayer, Joe? Are you spending time in prayer, Sister Hubbard? Are you spending time, Sister Bolton and Hare, uh, um, in prayer, uh, praying for the lost? Janice and, 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 and Leonard, are you, are you spending uh, 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 continuous time, daily time in prayer, praying for those who don't know Jesus Christ, LaShawn? Are you praying for those who Lord Paul says, if we're going to reach the lost, we first got to pray for the lost. And look, he gives us three, three ways to pray for the lost. He lays it out here. He says, look, in verse number one, he, he gives us three ways. 
he says that, therefore I exhort you. Watch this. He exhorting them to, to pray for the lost. If he got to exhort them to pray for the lost, by the way, if he got to exhort them to pray for the lost, that means they wasn't doing it. If I, if I got to exhort you, if I got to uh, push you, if I got to command you, if I, if I got to uh, negotiate with you to pray for the lost, that means you wasn't doing it. And Paul exhorted them to pray for the lost, and he asked them to pray three urges for the lost. Pray, pray three different types of prayers for the lost. The first prayer, he said, prayer of supplication. Prayer of supplication means to pray for the needs of the lost. Prayer of supplication is just offering a prayer for the needs of the lost. But watch this. This is not the needs that you and I think about. He's not telling us to pray for the lost that they get a car because they need a car. He's not telling us pray for the lost that they get a financial blessing because they need a blessing. He's not, he's not asking us to pray for the needs of the lost because they need food or they need a, 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 they need a job or they need a, a health insurance. He's not saying those kind of needs. He said that we should pray for the lost with supplication, prayer of supplication, and the need that the lost need praying for is that they need a savior. Pray that the lost will realize that they need a savior, that they are lost and they going to hell and they miserable and they wicked and they need to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. This is the need that we should be praying for for the lost if we're gonna pray a prayer of supplication Paul says if we're going to reach the lost, we got to pray for them and pray for their needs, that they have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Pray that they, they realize that I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. So this is how they should be praying. We should be praying for, the, for prayer supplication, praying that they, they understand that they, they have a need and they need us to, to be with a Savior, to have a Savior to save their soul, that they need to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. But Paul said, don't stop there. Paul gives another prayer. He said, pray a prayer of intercession. He said that we got to pray a prayer of intercession. The intercessory prayer, intercessory prayer actually means to stand on behalf of the person you're praying for. So I'm going before God on their behalf. I'm standing between them and God to pray to God on their behalf. He said that we got to pray a prayer of intercession. We got to intercede on behalf of the lost person. We got to intercede on behalf of the unbeliever. We got to go before God on their behalf. See, because they can pray, but God won't answer their prayer because the first prayer he's listening for to answer is, God, I surrender my life to you as my Lord and Savior. So he, we got to intercede on their behalf. God, I need you to hear them. I need you to speak to their heart, God. I need you to help them realize that they need you, Lord God. I need you to, Lord God, call out. I'm calling out to you on their behalf that we may pray, that I'm praying to you, God, that you may change their mindset, that you may change their eternal destination, that they may know in the name of Jesus that you are the Savior. We got to intercede. We got to pray for the lost if we're going to reach the lost. We got to lift up prayer to, to God on their behalf that, so they can come to a saving knowledge of, of Jesus Christ. He said that we got to pray for the lost. He says we got to pray for the lost. The second thing he says, the third thing, the third prayer he tells us, if we're going to reach the lost, we got to pray for the lost. Watch this. The third prayer he tells us is the prayer of thanksgiving. 
He says that we got we to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Now, prayer of thanksgiving means thanking God for what he's done. Thanking God for what he's done. So we need to go in behalf, go on behalf of the lost person. Go in beha- on behalf of the unbeliever. Go in behalf of those who don't have a relationship. Stand before God and say, God, I thank you. Why are we thanking God for what he has done and they not even believers? Watch this. Because I'm thanking God for what he's doing in their life. Because guess what? If God wasn't doing anything in their life, they'll be dead and on their way to hell right now. So God, I want to thank you. Jackson, you need to be praying for your friends. You need to be praying, Sister Evelyn, for your children and your friends and your family. Thanking God. God, I'm glad that you ain't turning Kia deaf. I'm thanking you, God, that you ain't kill them where they could go to hell. I'm thanking you, God, that you're extending their life every single day that they may still have a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance and a sixth chance to surrender their life to you. God, I thank you that they should have been wiped out, that they full of wicked and full of hate and they have rejected you for years. But God, I thank you. I thank you that you have still holding on to them and still giving them life that they may surrender their life to you. Anybody praying for the unbelievers, anybody praying for the lost, anybody praying for those who don't know Jesus Christ. Paul says if we're going to reach them, we got to pray for them. Paul says we got to pray for them. We got to pray for the lost. He says we got we got to pray for them, Cuddy. We got to pray for them, Moo Moo. We got to pray for them, Brad. We got to pray for them, Tammy. We got to pray for the lost, Pastor Reese, Deacon Allen, Pastor Tucker, Lakeisha, Michonne. We got to pray for them. We got to pray for them, Lena. We got to pray for him, Sister Dixon, Brother Dickon Dixon. We got to pray for him, Larry Blue. We got to pray for him, Andrea. We got to pray for the laws, Sister Parker. We got to pray for the laws, Sister Danita. We got to pray for the laws, Sister Donna. We got to pray for the laws, Sister Newman. We got to pray for the laws. I ask you, for us who as believers, are you praying for the laws? Are you praying that they may come to an understanding of Jesus Christ? Are you praying that they may have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you praying, Joshua? Are you praying, Nay? Are you praying, Dirk, that they may surrender Jesus Christ to their Lord and Savior? Are you praying? Paul says if we're going to reach the lost, we got to pray for them. But he said not only he gives us three ways to pray for them, but he also says, look, he continued to go down. He said pray. Watch this. He said that make sure that you pray for, look at this. And verse 3, uh, uh, verse 2, he said, pray for the kings and all who are in authority. Look what he says. He says that we got to pray for every lost person, every unbeliever. See, what was happening in this time in Ephesians, Sister Evelyn and Jackson, LaShawn, uh, Renee, and Sister Danita, watch this. See, what would happen, uh, Timothy and it was only praying for those unbelievers who they liked. They were only praying for the unbelievers who, who treated them okay. They were only praying for the unbelievers who they know, who they knew. So he says, no, 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 you got to pray for all men. You got to pray for all unbelievers. You got to pray for every single unbeliever. You got to pray for ones you know and those you don't know. Matter of fact, you, not only the ones you know, but you got to pray for the ones that have high positions and the ones that have low positions. He said, you got to pray for the kings. Now, for you and I, we don't have kings, but we got to pray for the president. We got to pray for Congress. 
We got to pray for the Senate. We got to pray for mayors. We got to pray for county executives. We got to pray for councilmen. We got to pray for those in leadership and those who have authority who don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because the problem we have, if our leaders don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're going to be living in hell in our country, in our cities, in our states. So we got to pray that they know Jesus Christ, that at least they be guided by the uh, uh, ammunition of God and the ways of God. Because if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we're going to have a problem. Houston, there's a problem. Says that we got to lift them up. We got to pray for the lost. We got to pray for all men. We got to pray for our leaders. We got to pray for those who have authority and those who don't. If we're going to reach the lost, Wendy, if we're going to reach the lost, Donnell, we're going to reach the lost. If we're going to reach the lost, Jada, if we're going to reach the lost, Bianca, if we're going to reach the lost, Jasmine, if we're going to reach the lost, we got to lift them up, lift up the lost. We got to pray for them. Paul says if we want to reach the lost, we got to pray for them. Second thing he tells us in this text, found in verse number three. Verse number, uh, we're actually found in verse number 2b and verse 3. He says if we're going to reach the lost, we must live before them in a way that God accepts. He says if we're going to reach the lost, we got to live in a way that God is pleased with. If, we, if we're going to reach the lost, look what he says. We got to live in a way that God accepts. Look what he says in verse number 2b. He says, in verse 2b, he says, and uh, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. Look what he says. He says, if we're going to win the loss, if we're going to reach those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we got to live in a way that God, live a life that God accepts. We got to, we, we, our behavior must be acceptable to God. And I like this because what we try to do is make our behavior, behavior acceptable to the world. We, we try to make our behavior, watch this, Sister Kim, Sister Delena, uh, uh, Sister Vicky, we try to make our behavior acceptable, watch this, to, the, to, to, to our friends. We try to make our behavior acceptable to the group we hang around. We try to make our behavior acceptable to the culture that we live in. But if we're going to win those who don't know Jesus Christ, anybody hear me out there? Is anybody hearing me out there? Do you understand that? If we're going to win those who don't know Jesus Christ, we got to live a different life. We, we got to live a different life. We can't live uh, Joshua like we used to. We can't, we can't live as sinners. We got to live a different life that is acceptable, not to the world, not to the culture, not to your little group of friends, but to God. And I question you, are you living a life that God is pleased with? Are you living a life that God is acceptable, that is acceptable to God? Are you, are you living in a way that God is, is thankful and God looking at your life and say, God, I love, I love them. They are doing a great job in living this walk out. Are you, are you living in a way that, that, that God is pleased with, with what you're doing in your life, the, the recreation you're doing, the habits and the, and the lifestyle you're living? Are you living in a way that God is pleased with? Because if we're going to win the loss, we got to live a whole different way that God is pleased with. We got to live a way that God is pleased with. We got we to live in a way that God, God, God accepts. Look what he says, Sean. 
Look what he says. Look what he says, Keisha. Look what he says. He says in verse number 2b, he says that, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. He said that if we're going to win the loss, we got to live a life that is acceptable to God. Our behavior must change. We got to live in a way that is gentle. We got to live in a way that is peaceable. We got to live in a way, Sister Darlene, we got to live in a way that, 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 that is acceptable to God. We got to live in a way, Lena, that, 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 that reverence God. We got to live in a way, Dale and, and Sister Murray, in a way that, that God is pleased with. We, we can't walk around unruly. We can't walk around uh, uh, troublemakers. We can't walk around all, all rowdy and, and, and cussing people out and, and giving them the finger when they, when, they, when they jump in front of us on the road. We can't, we can't walk around just angry and upset and ready to fight everybody. Now, 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 hold on, now, hold on, because I'm not one of those pastors that exempt from the world. I do live in the world. I do live in the world. And there are times where the people you engage with need to get knocked out. They need to catch these hands. They, they, they need to catch these hands. I mean, because the way they acting, they need some hands put on them. They, they, they need to be bombed out. They need to be stomped on. They need to be corrected. But God says, if Paul says that we're going to win them to Christ, we can't act like that. We're we, we going to win them to Christ, we can't, we can't show off. If we're going to win them to Christ, we can't, we can't lose our religion. You know how you say, they're they about to make me lose my religion. Now, Paul says if we're going to win the loss to Christ, we got to act in a way that is gentle and peaceful. And watch this, and reverence and godliness. We got we to gotta step our lifestyle up that we, we may bite our tongue, although they need lashing. But we can't do it because we'll never win them to Christ if we're acting like fools. We'll never win them to crisis. We acting like the enemy. We got to live a life that is separate and holy to God, which God is accepted with. Says, look, if we're going to win the loss, we can't act like a fool. We got to live a life that God is pleased with, that is acceptable to God. Look, 2 Timothy chapter, 20, chapter 2, verse 25 says it like this. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. He said that we must, we must correct those in opposition with humility. Those who come up against us, we must, we must operate with humility, with meekness, with kindness and, and gentleness towards the ones, watch this, that we have an issue with. Towards these unbelievers, we got to act in a way that, 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 that we have humility. We can't act a fool. We can't act that way. Because we are never, ever win anyone to Christ. I remember a couple of years ago, and I thought I, I, I remember telling the story before, so if you heard it, just act like you ain't here before, okay? So a couple of years ago, this was years ago, uh, my daughters was in, in, um, in high school at the time, and they'd been out of school for years. They'd been in, they was in high school at Flowers at the time. And um, we, my wife and I, and, and we went over to my sister-in-law house, um, and we went over to her house to pick our daughters up. And when we got there, uh, we pulled right in front of her house. She has a driveway, 
and and it's and it's a curb, a small curb there, um, in front of her house. So we pulled in front of her house in a truck. So my wife went in to get the kids, but then I had to use the restroom. So I went in and I came in and I went in and used the restroom and came immediately out. I came right out. And when I came out, our truck was gone. Just like that. So I looked to see if I left the keys in the car. Because I said somebody stole the truck. And I, I thought I left the keys in the car, Jennifer. I thought I left the keys in the car, Lenore. Mike, I thought I left the keys in the car. But what happened was my sister-in-law said, oh, they just sent us a, um, a letter the other day and said, anybody parked in front of our driveway, they're going to tow the car. So they towed our car. They towed our truck. Now, I, I didn't fuss. And my sister-in-law was there, her, my brother-in-law was there, and also one of their friends was there, one of her girlfriends. Now, now I, I had an attitude when I was younger. So she knew me when I was younger. And this is not my sister-in-law, but my sister-in-law friend knew me when I was younger. And, she, and the whole time we going to pick up my car uh, from the tow lot, she was like, I just can't believe that man not cussing and fussing. I just can't believe that he's not cussing. And she just said that the whole ride, almost, she almost got me mad or, or just got me mad for keep saying that over and over again. But what happened, and I realized later, that the way I act caused her to think about my religion and who I'm serving now, my relationship with Jesus Christ, because I was a new Christian. And because I didn't act in the way I used to, she's seen a change in me. She's seen a change in me. Now, I don't know if she was a believer or unbeliever. I doubt if she was a believer, but I don't know. But, but, but she's seen something in me that changed. And, and if we're going to win those who don't know Jesus Christ, our, 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 our behavior has to change. We can't act that way. We got to be gentle. We got we to gotta be peaceable. We, we, we got to be reverent. We got to act in humility. We got to be godly. And guess what? And in this acting, watch this. I love it. I love it. He says, act in a way that is acceptable to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you acting that way? Are you acting that way? Are you acting that way? Are, are you acting like that? Because when, when, when I go around Northeast or I'm on the phone with my friends, they see a difference. They, they know I, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I don't go uh, throwing a Bible at them. What I do is I live it out. And because I'm living it out, guess what? And, and, and this is awesome. This is awesome. Watch this. Because every now social media site and every platform we have to share the word of God that goes out, they send us a report. They send us a report every 28 days of who we reaching, what age group we reaching. Whether they're women or, or, or uh, whether it's women or men, we reaching. What area we reaching at? And the number one area that Clinton Baptist Church is reaching is D.C. By far, by far, it's like 68 percent of our viewers are looking at Clinton Baptist Church from District of Columbia. District of Columbia, about 68 percent. We got. 200-something people every Sunday from D.C. watching our service. And this is not because I'm going out preaching the gospel uh, and hitting people on the head with the Bible. What I'm doing is I'm living a life before my friends. 
that they may see that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not cussing. I'm not fussing. I'm not out there fighting. When you come to me negative, I come to you positive so I can show you the love of Christ. And I know some of your family members are coming against you because some of mine came against me. But guess what? Just keep living for God and you will win them over. You will show them that God is the head of your life, that Jesus Christ saved your soul, and you got to live a life that is acceptable to God. Do I have any prayer? Jesus on there that know that God, if you live for God, you will win those who are lost. Give me a handshake. Give me a clap. Thank you, Lord. Run around your house. Run around your bedroom, wherever you at. Stop the car and let people know that I'm living a life that's acceptable to God, that I may reach the lost. Says that I'm reaching the lost. You got, you're going to reach the lost. You got to change the way you act. You got to come a different way. You got to show your relationship with God and the way you conduct yourself. Sister Jennifer, watch this. Third thing, and I'm out of your way. He says right here, third thing. He says, if we're going to reach the laws, he says, we're going to reach the laws. This is in verse number three and four. We in 1 Timothy chapter two, verse one through four. And the title of this message is reaching the laws. If we're going to reach the laws, Verse 1 and 2B, 2A tells us that we have to pray for the lost. If we're going to reach the lost, verses 2C and 3, verse 3, tells us that we got to live a life that is acceptable to God before the lost. If we're going to reach the lost, the last point here found in verse uh, 4 is that we got to have a desire for the lost to be saved. We got to have a desire for the lost to be saved. Look at verse 4, the end of verse 3 and verse 4. He said, God, our Savior, who desire all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He says, Sister Jennifer, Sister Mike, Sister Howard, Brother Howard, Brother Mike and Brother Howard. He said, if we're going to reach the lost, we got to have a passion and a desire for the lost to be saved. Oh, my God. He says if we're going to reach the lost, if we're going to reach those who don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we got to have a desire for the lost to be saved. God says, it said that God, our Savior, have a desire that all men are to be saved and know the knowledge of truth. Watch this. It's so many lies being preached from a pulpit like this. It's so many uh, uh, false doctrines that is going out. That telling people you can live how you want to live and God is okay with that. Telling people you can go do this and, and go do that and, and, and do this and act that way and God is okay. No, that's false doctrine. He says that God have a desire for, for all men to be saved. And I ask the question to you, do you have a desire for all men to be saved? Is your heart burning for the lost? Are you weeping and crying deeply for those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, knowing their final resting place is the lake of fire? Are, are you concerned about, about those who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? He says that if we're going to reach the lost, we got to have a desire for the lost to be saved. we we got to have a desire for the lost to be saved. we got to have a desire. 
And do you have a desire for the lost to be saved? Do you have a desire that the, the lost come to, a, to the truth of Jesus Christ? Our desire had to be like God. God has a desire for all men to be saved. Watch this. It should hurt us deeply when we have family members, when we have friends who don't know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It should hurt us that when we see the hearse and the funeral line come past our car and we have no understanding if they accept Jesus Christ or not, it should hurt us deeply that is a possibility that they didn't know the Lord as a Savior. This is a desire that all should be saved. See, but what we do, we look at the bad kids and say they're going to be in jail or dead. But what we should be looking at them is God can change you. What we should be telling them is God has a way for you to have eternal life. See, because there's some people who looked at me and counted me out. But look at me now. God has changed my life. He gave me a relationship with him that now if I die, I'm going to be in heaven and not in hell. I'm trying to help you get to where I'm at. Having a desire for the lost. God has a desire for the lost. Do you have a desire? If we're going to reach the lost, we got to have a desire for the lost. So that means when we have these events outside that's coming up this year to reach the lost, you should be here ready and excited to lead people through the Lord, through the, uh, do, uh, lead people through the gospel where they may surrender their life to Jesus Christ. When we have our witnessing classes that are coming up this year, you should be, the witness class should be filled up because you're excited and have a desire for the lost to be saved. He says, do you have a desire? Do you have a desire for the lost? Do you have a desire like, like God? God has a desire for lost to be saved. Watch this. God do not want people to go to hell. That's false doctrine. That's false teaching. God does, do not want people to go to hell. It's clear right here that God has a desire that all men be saved. God does not want people to go to hell. Another false teacher. God did not create hell for man. Matthew. Matthew chapter 25, 41. Matthew chapter 25, 41 says hell was created for Satan and his angels. Matthew 25, 41. Look it up. Said that hell was created for Satan and and his angels. God does not want man to go to hell, and God does not send man to hell. God desires that every man be saved, but when you reject Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you say, I don't, I don't know if he can save me or not, when you, when you reject the knock that he's knocking on your door of your heart, when you say, no, I won't open and let him in, that's what caused you to go to hell. The consequences of rejecting Jesus Christ is ever, ever, um, eternal fire. Is, uh, uh, is eternal separation. This is why people go to hell. People keep saying, if they're God, why are people going to hell? No, he never created hell for you. He never created for hell for man. He created hell for the devil and his angels. But because man reject God, they send themselves to hell. If we're going to have 
or reach the lost, we got to have a desire for the lost. Do you have a desire that the lost be saved? Do you have a desire? Do you have a desire? Every single chance I get, I try to share the gospel. Whether I'm in a hotel, whether I'm in a restaurant, whether I'm wherever, I'm trying to share the gospel. On the phone, I am trying to share the gospel because I have a desire for people to be saved and know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Last night, I was hanging out with my youngest son, which we do all the time because he played basketball. And we was going to the gym to work out. And he has his friend with him that always hang with him. Um, and, and, and I'm thinking about, and as I'm driving, I'm going through this sermon in my head. I'm, I'm re-preaching it and re-preaching it. So, so if I leave my notes at home, I can preach it without notes. I'm re-preaching it, re-preaching it, re-preaching it, getting it in my head, remembering the points, remembering the scriptures, remembering what I need so I can preach it if I leave my notes. And that's, that's my uh, uh, ritual. That's what I do. That's what I do when I, when I, when I, um, when I preach. So that I'm, I'm going through my sermon in my head, and, and God says, you've got this kid in the back. Have you shared the gospel with him? If you have a desire, why you haven't shared it with him? And I said, asked the young dude, I said, hey, man, if you die today, where you going? He said, I'm going to heaven. I said, you are? I said, wow, that's a good place to go. I said, but tell me how you know you're going to heaven. And he said, because I'm a good person. I said, you are? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm a really good person. I said, so explain your good to me so I can see how good you are. And he said, well, I don't do things like other people. And what do other people do that you don't do? I said, because I know people that lie. I lie myself, so you don't lie? And he said, oh, yeah, I lie, but I don't do them other sins. I said, so you're telling me that sins is not equal? Because, see, we put sin on, on levels. No, God sees sin as the same. It's equal. Wages of sin is death. He didn't say these sins are death. He said the wages of sin. Every sin is a death. It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life and through Christ Jesus. So I, he, he, I explained to him, he said, no, no, yeah, I lie, but, but I'm not like other people. I said, hold on. I said, if you can't keep the whole law, because that's what you're trying to come to me with, if you can't keep the whole law, then you're guilty. That's what the scripture says. Romans says that if you mess up on one part of the law, you're guilty. And he says, well, how do I get to heaven? I said, I'm glad you asked. He says, I said, you got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You got to believe that he died on the cross and shed his blood for your sins that you may be saved. Because the scripture says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, the world is you. He loved you so much that he gave his only begotten son, that's who Jesus Christ is, to die on the cross to shed his blood for your sin. That if you believe in him, you should have eternal life. Eternal life means everlasting life. You'll never lose it. Do you want that eternal life? He said, yes. I said, well, pray after me. And we prayed the sinner's prayer. Now, hold on. The sinner's prayer does not save you. The sinner's prayer is a confession that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. What saved that young man and what saved you and I is faith. Because Ephesians chapter 289 says a free gift that God has given to us and we accept it by faith. And guess what? That faith is not even our own faith. We don't even have enough faith to accept Jesus Christ. So God gives us that faith to accept him. 
So now he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Now this kid been riding with me all summer. All summer. And it was so funny because when we got out the car, Jackson pulled him to the side and said, man, didn't we already talk about this? So Jackson, Jackson, like, you put me on front street in front of my dad. We already talked about this. And he said, yeah, I know, but, you know, I, I forgot. So it was a, it was a good conversation. But, and I was happy that Jackson is sharing the gospels with his friends, letting his friends know about Jesus Christ. Now, you may not know everything about the gospel like you and I. We're going to get to that later. We got five weeks in, in January to, to go through growing people to reach the lost. And we're going to get through that later. But what I want you to do is I want you to reach the lost. And Paul said we're going to reach the lost in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. He said the first thing we have to do is pray. Are you praying for the lost? I need you praying for the lost. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm going to challenge you right now. Five minutes a day, pray for lost people. And if you know someone who's lost, pray for them. One person, all I need you to do is pray one person who you don't know, who's, I mean, who you think does not have uh, Jesus Christ as Lord inside. Pray for them. Five minutes a day, every day, just five minutes. Take some time, not even five minutes, because for some of y'all, five minutes is too long. Y'all be like, dang, I can't pray that long. But look, just take some time and pray for one person who you, who you think that's not saved, who is not saved. Pray for them every single day. He says that we got to pray for them. If we're going to reach the laws, we got to pray for them. As we're going to reach the lost, we're going to have to live a life that is acceptable to God. And I challenge you to step your life up. Like I said, some people in your family are going to need to catch hands. But instead of giving them hands, just bite your tongue and pray for them. That, God, I live a life before you. Because most of us are going to win people to Christ, not by what we say, but how we live. How we live. People are drawn to how we live for God. Not by what we say. Although we should go out and witness. But people will grow in, I mean, people will know Jesus Christ by how we live. He says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, if we're going to reach the lost, he says not only are we have to pray for the lost, not only are we have to live, a diff, uh, live and behave our life in a way that is acceptable to God, but he said if we're going to reach the lost, we also got to have a desire that the lost be saved. Do you have a desire? Or is your heart burning for the lost? Is your heart burning for Jesus Christ to meet them where they are, that they may surrender their life to Jesus Christ? Today, I present to you Jesus Christ. I don't know who you are on the line. I don't know where you are in your life. But our job as Christians is to share the gospel. And today I share with you a story. At the beginning of the world, God the creator created the heaven and earth. Created everything out of nothing. And he formed man out of the dust. Blew into man and gave him life. And he named that man Adam. Put Adam to sleep when he seen that Adam didn't have a helpmate. Put Adam to sleep and took a rib out of Adam and created a woman. And then he woke Adam up and brought that woman to Adam. To Adam. And Adam named that woman Eve. And God put them in the Garden of Eden. And as he put them in the Garden of Eden, he said, you can eat of all these trees except for this one. He said, except for this one. Don't eat of it. But everything else is yours. 
to enjoy. But there was a serpent that came and with deception because he was led and possessed by Satan. And he caused them to reject God's command and be disobedient to what God told them. And they ate from the tree. And when they ate from the tree, that's when sin entered the world because of their disobedience. And because of their disobedience, sin entered the world. So everything else was affected. And sin was passed down, imputed to everyone else. That's why the scripture says we were born into sin and shaped into iniquity. And because we were born into sin and we came through Adam and Eve, which is our parents, the mother and father of the world, because we came through them, we were separated from God. But God had a plan. And God's plan and his purpose was to wrap himself up in flesh, come here in the form of a baby through a virgin named Murray, through the Macklin conception, through the Holy Spirit, impregnating Murray, that young girl, that she may give birth to Jesus Christ, whose name was Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God purposed that, that we may have a Savior. Through his son, Jesus Christ, who lived for 33 years without sin, ministered for 30 years, and died on a cross as a sacrificial lamb so you and I may have life. So every man may have eternal life. That every lost person may have a relationship with him. But he said that if you want this eternal life, you got to believe by faith that my son is the Messiah. That he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can have the father unless they come through the son. That he says if you confess your sins and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. And he made that provision through his son. Jesus Christ died a gruesome death, was beat all day, hung on a cross, pierced in the side, and died for you and I, for all man, that we may have eternal life. He was buried in a borrowed tomb of Joseph. And he only needed a bar tomb because he knew in three days he would rise again. He went to hell and set the captive free. He cleaned up death so we would not have to die again. And he rose on the third day with all power in his hand, defeating death in the resurrection. Wandered around here, well, not wandered around, but walked the earth. Well, over four or five hundred people saw him in his glorified body, and he ascended up to heaven and sat at the right hand of the Father. And the reason why he did that, to show his approval that he has all authority in his hand. And he did that, not for me only, not for you only, but he did that for every single one of us, that we may come to a time where we may see Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And I come to you today, that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he died for you. Will you accept him?